Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Starseed Radio Academy, empowering Starseed to better serve the planet. Welcome to Starseed Radio Academy. It's Tuesday, June 14th, 2016, and I'm your host, Arielle Taylor, with my co-host for the evening, Anastasia. Lavendar is away on assignment this week and next week, but she'll be back on the 28th with Tom T. Moore, who's just released his new book on Atlantis and Lemuria, and it's monumental, so be sure to look for that two weeks from tonight. Tonight's presentation is called How to Manifest Abundance and Prosperity Using Some Tried-and-True Techniques. It's based on the law of attraction, and if you've been listening to our show for a few years, you may have heard this a long time ago, but all of us can benefit from a reminder. As starseeds, we have to be vigilant with our own thought streams so that we deliberately create what we desire rather than creating by default through emotions that don't serve us. There's an MP3 of this material in our vault on starseedhotline.com that you can download for free and listen to it every day until you've brainwashed yourself into manifestation mode. The beauty of this is that it is absolute. If you master these techniques, you will attract whatever you want into your life, and that applies to more than just monetary abundance. At the top of the show... um, Fortunately, the power is staying on at Anastasia's house, so we are going to have the Starseed News with Anastasia, bringing topics of interest to Starseeds that you won't hear elsewhere. And we'd like to thank Vanya and Fiona for hosting the switchboard this evening for any listeners that have a question on this topic. If you'd like to chat with like-minded people, we have an online Starseed community at starseedhotline.ning.com, and we always appreciate Tammy's dedication and help with our forum. You can download any show in our archives on iTunes or right from our Blog Talk Radio episode page. Just use the cloud with an arrow on it. We'd appreciate your support of our show, and you can do that by clicking follow on our page here at Blog Talk, and you'll get our weekly show notices. The toll-free number for StarseedHotline.com is 888-881-0881. The Stage 1 Starseed confirmations are based on Lavendar's discovery of star markings and your natal astrological chart, and the Stage 2 session is a one-on-one phone session available with Lavendar, Anastasia, or myself. Remote healing sessions for people and pets are also available with Tammy. And if you have a birthday coming up, you don't want to miss out on your 10 hours of power. Find out when that happens by requesting your solar return timing. And then if you want the Stage 2 interpretation of that chart, please order it at least two or three months ahead of time to make sure you get it in before your 10, your 10 hours because we do have a waiting list. So first tonight, I would like to introduce Anastasia with her amazing Starseed News. Hey. <laughs> Thank you, Ariel. Good evening, everyone. It's great to be back. Well, um, the sun has got a very interesting sunspot going on. It's heart-shaped. Have any of you seen that on the Internet? It's beautiful. Yes, a heart-shaped sunspot. It's occurring right now, or has been in the last few days. I'm not sure if it's active today, but it's called uh, Sunspot 2529. So, you know, the saying is we know that sun gives us life, but maybe it's giving us just a little bit of love, too. Now, the sunspot 2529 has been pretty active. It did send us some... uh, 
uh, CMEs recently, but as today, not much going on. It's a really pretty sunspot, though, shaped like a heart. And NASA Orbiter has discovered seasonal patterns of Martian dust storms. Now, they say that when it comes to putting people on Mars, timing can't be taken for granted because after two two decades of work, NASA's Red Planet Orbiters have determined that there are three distinct annual bad weather patterns for dust storms that bring about great weather shifts on Mars. At about the same time each Martian year, or approximately every two Earth years, dust storms cover large areas of Mars. And after discovering uh, the temperature records, or observing, excuse me, the record temperatures of uh, six recent Martian years, that would be 12 Earth years, it's become easier for scientists to predict the formation of dust storms uh, now, so that if we plan on going to Mars, we'll know when to go and when we can't go, because at times of these planetary dust storms, uh, we wouldn't want to be able to, we wouldn't be able to go there. So anyway, hmm. uh, and they have discovered a monster black hole, another one. And they they have uh, found that this is actually done in a study, and this is a story out of Live Science. A uh, new study says that a giant hungry black hole is appearing to eat cold, clumpy clouds at the center of a nearby galaxy. It didn't say what galaxy, and I probably should have looked that up or researched that a little bit. Don't know what galaxy it is. But this is a black hole that's consuming uh, clouds, and this particular black hole's behavior is actually shedding light on how black holes throughout the universe probably grow. They say that at the heart of nearly every galaxy is a supermassive black hole that's millions to billions of times the mass of Earth's sun. And most of the astrophysicists out there agree to this. Now, the black holes grow by gobbling up gas, dust, and anything else that falls into them. Scientists, by the way, call this process accreting. And the energy released by this accreting gas can turn, uh, uh, can uh, influence the formation of stars across the black hole's galaxy. So actually, these black holes create new stars uh, by eating the gases and uh, uh, substances that enable them to spew out uh, or emit energy for new stars. Wow. Well, this is going to be of interest to all star seeds. Uh, a new finding has uh, come out. This is out of the Telegraph out of the UK that says that the solar system may hold 10 or 11 planets. Scientists have predicted this after running new computer models on the data which led to the announcement of Planet 9. You all remember that? Well, astronomers from the California Institute of Technology uh, predicted the existence of a ninth, ninth planet back in January. And this was after discovering that 13 objects in the Kuiper Belt, that area beyond Neptune, were all moving together as if lassoed by the gravity of a huge object. So they thought, hmm, what is causing this? And they decided that there would be probably a ninth planet. Well, now, scientists from Cambridge and uh, scientists in Spain have discovered that the paths of the dwarf planets are not as stable as they thought, meaning that they could be falling under the influence of more planets farther out. Now, two freelance Spanish astronomers have said that they believe that in addition to Planet 9, there's probably a Planet 10 and even more. Is that cool? Our wow. solar system may have 11 planets, 12 who knows? Ah, oh, what an amazing time we live in. 
Well, they had an earthquake that hit west of Yellowstone. This was just yesterday. It was pretty sizable. They said it rattled Yellowstone Park. Yesterday morning registered a 4.3 magnitude. The USGS uh, said that it occurred about 32 miles west of West Yellowstone. Those of you that are familiar with that area, maybe you've traveled up there or lived near there. Uh, maybe you even felt it, but you would be able to know where that is, perhaps. Uh, they said that the quake's location is north of the Continental Divide in the Centennial Valley. That area is sparsely populated, and even an hour after the quake, only a couple of people had reported feeling it according to the USGS. Now, the region on the west side of Yellowstone has frequently had uh, several quakes per month, but they say Monday's quakes was quite a bit larger than usual. And the island of Vanatel had a quake this, uh, actually it was this morning, uh, 6.2 magnitude hit on the island of Vanatu in the Pacific Ocean. That's according to the USGS. No reports of damage or casualties. No tsunami, no tsunami warning was issued. So that's okay. But in Russia, uh, in, in the, actually they call it the continent of Eurasia, the largest volcano on that continent, at 15,580 feet. It's located in Russia's far east. Well, it has erupted. It's shooting hot ash miles into the air. It erupted today. They say the eruption column wrote, rose 3.7 miles or so. The uh, steam gas plume stretched for miles and miles and has been rumbling to life since the beginning of April. It's been almost constantly active for the past 50 years, but the number of tremors and ash eruptions has been on the rise recently. And strange weather uh, everywhere. There is summertime snow, June snow, in Alaska, Finland, China, Russia, and New York State. There are rare snowstorms abounding across the planet right now as we speak. Mid-June in every continent received snow across both hemispheres. There were record snows in Argentina, in Chile, New York State, Russia, China, Finland, and of course it's snowing in Alaska. And uh, Birmingham, UK had some major floods. The city was deluged with rain, uh, said parts of the city center made it impossible to walk through. It's the third major storm in just a number of days. They said that it flat, there were flash floods that co closed roads, uh, bus services weren't available. Uh, they said that people couldn't, they just froze transportation. So that's what's been going on in the U.K., at least in the town of Birmingham, the city. And in Mission Bay, California, we've had thousands of red tuna crabs that washed ashore this morning in Mission Beach. Now, they are they are typically found off the coast of Baja. However, they say that the El Nino weather, weather patterns have pushed them north and onto southern California beaches. Well, last month, thousands of crabs also washed ashore in Imperial Beach. They've also been found on Ocean Beach, Pacific Beach, and elsewhere in Orange County. And as you all probably experiencing, and as I'm experiencing here, and I'll bet Ariel's going through it, uh, the weekend and the coming week, a week ahead of us, has brought uh, dangerous triple-digit heat to the southwestern U.S., as well as to the Midwest and to the east. But where it concerns the report tonight is about the southwest. Uh, they say that heat is continuing to build to dangerous and record-challenging levels uh, in much of the southwest U.S., uh, temperatures are going to climb well past 100 in parts of California, Nevada, Utah, Colorado, Kansas, Texas, Oklahoma, New Mexico, and Arizona. 
And they said that the summer months, of course, and having lived there, I can say that's true, can be unbearable in terms of heat in the southwest. They say that temperatures are going to rise to up to 20 degrees above average for the middle of June. They say that the core of the heat will be centered on Arizona. They say that Phoenix will approach the highest temperature on record for any calendar day. So hot out there and hot Mm. also in the southeast and in the Midwest. Well, this is about Internet freedom. I want to share this with you. This just came out today. In fact, it's from a federal appeals court. Uh, The Obama-backed net neutrality rules have been upheld in court of appeals. That's right. The federal appeals court today upheld a White House-supported effort to make Internet service providers treat all web traffic equally delivering a major defeat to cable and telephone companies. The District Court of Appeals, in a two-to-one vote, affirmed the FCC's latest net neutrality rules, which consumer groups and the presidential office have backed as essential to providing broadband providers from blocking or degrading Internet traffic. The telecom industry and According to this article, the Republicans have heavily criticized the rules as burdensome and unnecessary regulation. AT&T immediately announced that it would appeal the ruling, saying it's always expected the issue to be decided by the Supreme Court. And industry trade groups and uh, cable companies and so on, uh, those that provide Internet access are going to join this effort and appeal this ruling. What's happening here is the rules, uh, as we now have them and as the appeal has supported uh, managed to apply utility-style utility regulation, which was originally written for telephone companies uh, for both the land-based and wireless Internet services to assure that everyone gets equal service, regardless of ability to pay or regardless of how much money they have. It's really, um, really a good ruling for us. It's a good ruling for all of us that this uh, ruling was upheld today. They're going to appeal it, so we'll see what happens. Well, from the New York Times is an article that says that uh, there's a new reality since the Orlando attacks. Uh, It says that dogs and metal detectors and searches at public gatherings may begin to become commonplace. For example, at uh, Dolly Parton's latest tour, uh, they're saying the security procedures include not just pat-downs and bag checks, but also they're going to have dogs trained to sniff out bombs and firearms wherever Dolly Parton performs. And according to Steve Martin, the artist, he said that there are certain of us who take security very seriously. He said that precautions like these, once very rare, are becoming more common as the concert business adjusts to a new reality in which they believe the threat of violence must be met through heightened security screening. So they say that uh, the use of uh, uh, dogs and metal detectors and such as that are likely to become more common in all public events around the country, um, making the experience of, let's say, going to a concert uh, more like waiting in line at the airport than than it ever used to be before. So it's going to slow things down, and uh, security, they say, is going to be tightened a great deal. Well... um, I'm sharing this with you just because it is connected to what's going on out there in uh, the country and around the world. And um, this is a story about a Turkish uh, Islamic professor who's uh, sparked outrage and a massive controversy because he has compared people who do not pray to animals. 
Now, the comments aired on a Turkish state TV program, which was celebrating the uh, holy month of Ramadan. And he says, I quote, Let me put it straight. The verse of the Quran says, Animals do not perform prayers, and those who do not perform prayers are animals. The professor also claims that human bodies were made for prayer. He said, quote, Human beings were created to be prayer ergonomic, he said. And so I bring that to your attention because we are getting in a time where culture class and um, these issues are not abiding, uh, not abating themselves voluntarily. Uh, the clashes uh, intensifying with uh, people pitted against each other uh, due to beliefs. Well, here's a big surprise for all of you. America's trust in news media and Congress and organized religion and banks are at an all-time low. That's right. Confidence in newspapers has hit an all-time low in the latest Gallup survey, and TV news is also at a new low, which they say is the latest proof that Americans are losing their faith in the media. Wow. Took a long time. Gallup found that just 20% have confidence in newspapers, a 10-point drop in 10 years. TV News saw an identical 10-point drop. Now, of all the institutions that Gallup surveyed about, Congress is at the bottom, with just 9% having confidence in America's elected leaders. 9%. 9%. And Americans aren't putting their faith in religion either. Gallup poll found that confidence in organized religion dropped below 50% to an all-time low of 41%. Overall, said Gallup's analysis, confidence in banks fell the most, plunging from 49% in 2006 to 27% now. But still, Americans are looking up to their military. Some 73% have confidence in the military. And like all illusions, this is the last social perception bubble that's sure to burst as the social fabric, that commonly shared version of collective reality, continues to erode. Well, another study about brains and animals. Last week we talked about fish. Oh, this is so cool. They have discovered that birds' forebrain have more neurons than primates. That's right primates, people like us, <laughs> we are people, <laughs> and <laughs> apes and monkeys and chimpanzees and the su- such as that. Well, the macaw has a brain the size of an unshelled walnut, and it's a bird, of course, has the size has a brain the size of an unshelled walnut, while the macaw monkey has a brain about the size of a lemon. Smaller brain, you'd think less intelligence, but nevertheless, the macaw has more neurons in its forebrain, which is the portion of the brain associated with intelligent behavior. It has more than the macaque. And that is one of the surprising results of the first study to systematically measure the number of neurons in the brains of more than two dozen species of birds, ranging in size from the tiny zebra finch to the six-foot-tall emu. And this study found that they consistently have more neurons packed into their small brains than are stuffed into mammalian or even primate brains of the same mass. The study uh, results were published online in the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences uh, just yesterday. And they say for a long time having a bird brain was considered to be a bad thing. But now (laughs) it turns out that it should be considered a compliment. 
I love that. And, uh, you know, those uh, those of uh, you out there listening to this that are into shamanic practices and uh, into nature, I'm sure that you recognize that birds of all kinds have great intelligence and uh, are very beautiful beings that carry the energies of the great mystery. Well, remember we talked a few months back about the hobbits that were discovered, the little tiny people? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, uh, more than a decade ago, uh, researchers, I'll just refresh your memories here, researchers in a limestone cave on the Indonesian island of Flores unearthed the bones of an ancient race of tiny humans. Uh, ring a bell, guys? Well, now, mm-hmm. in a sandstone laid down by a stream that's 700,000 years old, they think they found what looks to be the creature's ancestors. I don't know why the article says creatures, but the humanoid's ancestors. Well, they say the new fossils aren't extensive. There's just a lower jaw and a few teeth that belongs to at least uh, one adult and two children. But they say the importance of the remains outweighs how much there there are. It suggests that dwarf humans roamed this island hunting pygmy elephants and fending off Komodo dragons for more than half a million years. Now, the first bones belonging to these miniature humans were dug from the floor of a cave on Flores in 2004. Uh, They say that these only stood about a meter tall. Um, They got nicknamed the hobbits. They say that they had small brains, one-third the size of ours. But judging from the articles that we've been uh, covering about brains, who's to say how intelligent they were? They certainly were intelligent enough to survive for more than half a million years. Cool. Wow. You know, when you when you uh, watch Lord of the Rings or you read the book, it talks about Middle Earth, you know, the ages before now. Well, maybe a half a million years ago would be the ages before now. So mm, maybe there is truth in myth. The hobbits lived. Right. Well, who can live without chocolate out there? Now, most of you ladies can't. Right, come on. <laughs> yeah, right. I can't live without chocolate. Most of the women I know don't want to live without chocolate. In fact, we all say that if it's going to be the end of the world, let us have our chocolate. Okay, just forget everything else. Give us chocolate. We'll be fine. <laughs> well, now new studies have shown that chocolate lowers your risk of heart disease and stroke. They say that eating up to 100 grams of chocolate every day is linked to a lowered heart disease and stroke risk, according to a research published online in the journal heart. Now, research study participants were tracked for about 12 years, and the consumption of higher levels of chocolate was associated with, guess this, younger age, lower weight, uh, lower uh, waist-hip ratios, you know, narrower, better BMI, lower uh, systolic blood pressure, uh, lower inflammatory proteins, lower diabetes, and, and so on and so forth. And they say all of those Profiles contribute to a lower cardiovascular risk. Well, you know, a lot of people rely on coffee and some people drink Coke uh, to give them a boost of energy in the morning. But they say, the study found, that eating more chocolate was associated with a higher energy intake than coffee or carbonated beverages or even tea. Uh, That chocolate did the trick, gave you more energy. Now, researchers are saying that there is cumulative evidence that Higher chocolate intake is associated with the lower risk of future cardiovascular events. And here's the good news. While milk chocolate is considered to be less healthy than dark chocolate, 
the researchers say the health benefits extend to this type of chocolate as well. What do you know about that? I love it. Yeah, I love it. So eat up. My only yum, question yum, is how much is a hundred? <laughs> My only question What's is how much Ariel? is hundred? How much is a hundred grams? <laughs> you know, I don't know. I have to look it up on the meter converter. <laughs> yeah. Let's all do that. Let's all check out the uh, metric converter on the internet and find out how much that is. Yeah, and then we'll have some every day. (laughs) Yeah, good for you. And I'm sure there's there's actually been a lot more articles written about chocolate. You know, the the feel good hormone, the oxytocin, the the way it just improves the mood. I think I think chocolate really is it's uh, pretty much a necessity of life. Yeah. Well, someone once said that we should consider every day lost on which we have not danced at least once. Now, the meaning of the word dance in this quote is metaphorical. We can say that it means to live lightly and to enjoy yourself and to have some fun. And uh, as I look at people today, it's just so easy to see that the importance of play, which is an essential part of a balanced and good life, is all but lost to adults, and sadly, even children. Children are afflicted so much, now they take out their playtime. Children don't know how to play. And they have uh, sometimes such hyperactivity that if they start to play, they can't finish what they've started. So we have a deterioration of playtime in our social fabric. And healthy play and inner child connection is as important to our spiritual strength and growth as a meditation practice. I'm allowing some silence there because I want you to take that in. Um, It is as important to our spiritual growth and development as a meditation practice. Now, is that surprising to you? Well, think about the yin and the yang. Think about that picture. See that in your mind. What is that? Black and white in balance, of course. Keeping a balance in your life. That old saying, um, uh, too much works makes uh, Jane a dull girl. Well, you know, okay, it's a cute little saying. But the fact is that we have plenty of burdens. And sometimes we work at everything. We even work at being spiritual. We work really hard at being spiritual. We fret. We have anxiety. We stew over being spiritual. We work and work and work at it. And I've seen some of us get so spiritual that we just ain't no earthly good. And in all of this seriousness and taking ourselves so seriously, we are losing connection with a very essential part of ourselves. And play is about keeping in touch with freedom. It's about keeping in touch with the light of the soul. It's about dancing in life and enjoying life. And recognizing that, you know, in 100 years from now, is any of this really going to matter? We are born to know joy. And burdens today are abundant. Frustrations, whether it's about spiritual goals or financial goals or personal goals or whatever, frustrations often outweigh the needed moments of simple reflection, lively enjoyment, and playtime that brings us smack dab into the moment of now. Now, (laughs) that connection to the moment of now is so very essential to the achievements that everyone who listens to this show is looking to acquire. Being in the now, being in the present, being in the zero point, being in the center of your heart is absolutely fundamental to achieving the state of enlightenment that everyone is looking for. And it was the Dalai Lama who said that we can judge 
our level of enlightenment by how much joy we have. How much laughter do we have in our lives? And likewise, how much fun do we have in our lives? Have we lost touch with enjoyment? Well, I know that there are many listeners out there tonight who have done just that. You know, for tens of thousands of years, excuse me, playtime was a vital component of communal living and social cohesion among our ancestors. Vital. You know, once they went out and gathered the food and they ensured for their survival, they would come back together and they would have playtime. They were connected. It was a community. They enjoyed themselves. Goodness sakes. They didn't stop to the gro- at the grocery store to buy, let's say, some flowers for a, a spouse that was angry. They didn't have to rush to the bank before it closed. They didn't have to do a thousand other things that consume our lives, the endless petty details that rob us of our ability to know joy and to experience play and to connect to each other. And it's our choice and our decision to back up from all of the things that we allow to dominate us and to dominate our time and to dominate the direction of our thinking and choose a different way. Society might be structured, well, society is structured the way it's structured, but you don't have to play in that game. What you need in your life is true play, play time, play for yourselves, enjoyment, taking the time to dance, Make sure that you have that. Have some unadulterated leisure time. This has practical benefits for your health, for your mental uh, adjustments, for the release of stress, harmony. It releases negativity. It protects our spiritual welfare. It creates strong social ties. It keeps us actively uh, stimulated in areas of creativity and of inspiration you're more likely to get guidance from the right source, which is the source of truth, speaking it that way, when you are in a happy, peaceful, serene state of mind that often follows playtime than you are when you're stressed or worried or demanding answers or really frustrated about not getting guidance. I can list a thousand reasons why we should all take time to play. And again, it is a matter of choice. And it is beautiful to get in touch with your inner child. There is the innocence and the wonder and the magic that makes things happen. Tonight's show is about manifestation. We And again, it's, it's a state of mind. It's not a technique. It's about being within yourself, enjoying yourself, enjoying your imagination. Enjoy, remember how you were when you were a child. Remember the fascination and the wonderment and the newness that you felt at life, that every day was an adventure. Get that back into your life. You know, as the world, the material world around us rattles and shakes, let us be of those who uh, stand solid in these storms that are going on right now. We have to know what we stand for, and then we have to stand in it. There's nothing to hold on to but what we are. So by playing more and loving more and laughing more, we are going to discover the inner divine that is going to see us through whatever the world is going to bring us. So let's all be sure to take play time. And you know, many of you, I'm going to tell you, you're going to find it difficult to do. 
but maybe it's time to go buy yourself a teddy bear, maybe a little train set, maybe a pea shooter, maybe a little car, depending on what your gender is or what you liked when you were a child, but it's time to indulge that. And you're going to be surprised at the memories that are going to come up, the things that are going to happen. It's about the awakening of your soul and the stripping away of the outer bark that the world has placed around you. It's about letting go of the false self in favor of finding the real self. And don't be afraid of your own tenderness because within that tenderness is the brilliant divine light that is wanting to emanate at this time in this where we're living. It's the only thing that is going to make the difference. I have a quote to share with you. It's by Malcolm X, of all people. He said, I've had just enough of someone else's propaganda. I'm for truth, no matter who tells it. I'm for justice, no matter who's for it or against it. I'm a human being, first and foremost, and as such, I am for whoever and whatever benefits humanity as a whole. Wow. So, food for thought. Yeah. And that's it for tonight's news. Thank you for the opportunity, Ariel. Thank you, Starseed listeners. From my heart to yours, live a loving, playful, joyful, enlightened week. That is such a good point. And as you said, it it really um, leads into our presentation this evening because that's, I mean, the basis of manifestation is staying in, in that place of joy and gratitude um, Absolutely. In, order to, in order to attract more of that. Absolutely. So, um, it it yeah. is about consciousness, and it is about energy. Energy follows where you put your focus. That's right. Absolutely. Well, it's going to be a great show, and we probably ought to play it more often, but it's uh, for all of you listeners out there, tune in and listen up. This is all geared to help you. It's all geared to make us stronger. It's all geared to help change the world. And we start by changing our own lives first. Right, Ariel? Absolutely. That's true. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to be quiet now and okay. give it over to you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, um, I am going to um, be be playing this uh, recording. And if anyone has a, a question or a comment as you're listening to it, um, go ahead and press 1 on your keypad if you're already called into the show, or if you're listening on the computer, then um, you dial 917-889-8292, and then press 1 once you get in, um, so that we'll have the questions uh, ready as soon as the recording is done. So um, I guess that's all the preface that I'm going to do here. And now we have the uh, presentation of the evening, How to Manifest Abundance and Prosperity. Since I've been hearing the same thing from many of our Starseed family, I thought it was time to record a condensed crash course on how to manifest prosperity. Years ago, when I was a struggling, starving musician, I complained to Lavendar one day, you can't light up the world if you can't pay your electric bill. I was half joking and half serious, but that observation had so many levels that it's kind of become a code for us. I understand all too well what it's like to make deals with utility companies and landlords and 
having to put things back at the grocery store. I didn't like having a PhD on survival, but uh, I hated the thought of being part of the 40 hours a week corporate machine even more. Music has always been my passion, so I was constantly scrambling to find enough gigs to get through another month. Then two things happened within days of each other and changed all of that forever. A friend of mine had given me a cassette tape of Esther Hicks channeling Abraham's teachings on manifestation. There was something about it that was so clear, so succinctly put, that it resonated with me completely. I listened to it over and over again, trying to brainwash myself, but it wasn't until the second thing happened that it clicked. Many of you may be familiar with Abraham's teachings, but over the years, Esther and Jerry Hicks have done so many workshops with so much to offer that there may be some pieces you're missing if you find that you still have financial challenges. So my goal with this recording is to take all the bits and pieces that I've found to be very useful tools and exercises and put them all together in a nice, neat little package for you. And I'll add it to our vault of knowledge in MP3 form so you can listen to it over and over if you need to until that click happens to you. The basic and most important concept to understand is that we are all vibrational beings. I know this isn't news, but that's the basis. Every second of every day, your thoughts and emotions exist as a definable vibration with a specific frequency. In essence, you're a radio tower broadcasting nonstop to the universe. The law of attraction is always at work, always in motion, and so is the universe. If you want to understand the quantum physics of this, I suggest watching two movies called What the Bleep Do We Know and The Secret. The beauty of the law of attraction is that it is absolute. It's a universal constant. It works for everyone in the same way, for better or for worse, and you can count on it. The universe is always sending you a match for your emotional vibrational frequency. The key word here is emotional. It's the feeling you project that carries the power. You can make positive affirmations all day long, but if you still feel poor, you're wasting your time. You're not going to get ahead. Now, don't get me wrong. Positive affirmations are very important, but only if you don't cancel them with your emotional state. The perfect illustration of this is the second thing that happened that week that really made it click for me. I've been listening to the tapes, trying to do the exercises and refine my manifestation skills, but it seemed like I wasn't doing something right. Then something happened and I can remember it like it was yesterday. It was a Tuesday afternoon and of course musicians never work during the day, so I had gone to the barn to ride my horse, Avatar, who is the galactic horse that you may have heard about on our radio show. I owned his mother before him and took him out of the bag the night he was born. And I was and am committed to his care for the rest of his life. But it was a struggle to feed him and keep shoes on his feet, just the way, the same as any other child. 
So I often went without so I could feed him. I'm telling you this so you can understand my perception of reality at that time. I saddled him up with my third hand, English saddle and bridle, my leather chaps and gloves, which had been a Christmas present, and set off for my pleasure ride in the woods. And in order to get back to the barn, we had to walk alongside the road for about 50 yards, and in in that short distance is when it happened. A really beat-up old car filled with Mexicans was passing by us. I glanced over because the car was making so much noise, and I made direct eye contact with one of them, and I could read her thoughts. Look at that rich American not even working on a Tuesday afternoon, horseback riding in that fancy outfit. As my consciousness melded with hers in that split second, I saw myself through her eyes, through her reality. I had a shot of adrenaline rush through my consciousness that dissolved my old concepts of my financial position in life. My my first thought was, I must be rich because only rich people have horses and I have a car that I don't have to share. You probably heard the saying that reality is only a matter of perception, but seeing it and commanding it are two different things. So let's get into commanding prosperity perception. Would you rather wish and hope for prosperity or would you rather command it? There's a whole different frequency between hoping and deciding. Hope allows for failure, incompletion, and disappointment. Hoping also takes it out of your hands. Deciding to create gives the power to you. So the first thing you have to do is simply decide to create prosperity. The the energy has shifted already. Now these are some exercises that I've learned from Abraham's teachings over the years, plus a couple of techniques that I really don't remember where they came from, only that they work. The first thing you need to do is pay attention to your solar plexus, which is the chakra center in your stomach. It is your inner guidance telling you whether or not something is in alignment with your desires, or your mission for that matter. The next thing you have to do is decide what it is that you desire to create deliberately. The spoken word and the written word both have great power, and the written word helps bring it into the third dimension. So make a list and write it down, and be very, very specific. I know you're already starting to put those big things down on the list as if you were a a first-year piano student wanting to start with Beethoven's Ninth Symphony. But we have to start with something you don't have a huge emotional attachment to because you have so much energy built up around the big things. You first have to prove to yourself that you can do it. Abraham teaches us to hold the pure vibration of what it is that you're wanting for 17 seconds. I started with feathers because I like feathers and I don't have any emotional investment in attaining them. You can choose anything from your everyday environment. Some people choose blue glass, others choose butterflies, particular birds, coins on the ground, good parking spots, anything as long as you have no emotional investment in it and it's a common object in your vicinity. The next step is finding the vibration of joy of having that object. 
The beauty of this part is that the universe doesn't know the difference between pretending, reminiscing, or actually having. All it knows is the vibrational frequency you transmit. Search your memory for any moment in your life where you felt such gratitude that it brought tears to your eyes. When you felt such joy that your stomach was tingling, that's the sensation that must accompany the image in your mind for a minimum of 17 seconds. You must hold that pure frequency. For 17 seconds, you have to be the joy of having that which you desire. Abraham says that 17 seconds of a pure frequency is equal to 200 man or woman hours of physical work towards that desire. A continuous 30 seconds would be 2,000 hours. 68 seconds would be 20,000 hours. You don't have to break your back and work yourself to the bone. You just need to find the frequency of joy and gratitude, hook it to that which you desire, and hold it for a minimum of 17 seconds. Don't allow any other thought into your mind or any other feeling into your heart while you are doing your 17 seconds. It has to be the pure vibration of gratitude for having that which you desire. It says in the Bible to pray for a thing as if you already have it and give thanks. After you've planted your first manifestational seed, the next step is allowing it to develop and grow and to come to you. You can't run outside the next day and dig up to see if it's sprouting roots. The moment you observe that it doesn't have roots yet, you've canceled yourself. But you can always start over. When you get into the car to go to the grocery store, you don't call ahead to make sure they're open. You absolutely know they're open and get in the car without any doubts. It's, it's kind of like that. So now you've decided to manifest some common everyday thing as your first exercise. Like I said before, I chose feathers. I thought about how pretty they were and how they represented birds in flight and freedom, the pretty colors and how delicate they are. I thought of holding one in my hand and I gave thanks from the core of my being for this precious thing. I called up so much gratitude that my eyes started welling up with tears of joy. A few days later, I was walking my dog and I was barely out of my driveway when I looked down and saw a feather on the ground. My heart jumped when I saw it and when I picked it up, I relived my 17 seconds, only this time with even more joy and gratitude. Every time I found a feather, and whenever I happened to think of it during the day, I did another 17 seconds for my feathers. Within a few weeks, I had to decide what to do with all these feathers. So I went and got a styrofoam ball and started sticking them in. Then I decided that I liked the blue jay feathers the best. And now my 17 seconds was all about blue jay feathers. I was just tickled when I started finding only blue jay feathers. And I was walking in the same neighborhood. So after my styrofoam ball didn't have any more room for feathers... I decided on butterflies because I wouldn't have to bring them back home. I used the exact same process, only now I focused on how much I love butterflies, and I hooked it with that emotion of gratitude. I started seeing butterflies wherever I went, and I was careful to allow them to be my butterflies. One fleeting thought of that butterfly would have been here anyway would have canceled my manifestation. 
Another thing I noticed is that attracting butterflies into my reality happened more quickly than the feathers, probably because I was getting better at holding the pure vibration for more than 17 seconds. I'll never forget the day I was walking my dog. I was no more than a block from my house when I noticed a few butterflies and I smiled. But by the time I reached the end of the block, I was being swarmed with dozens of butterflies all around me and they followed me. By this time, I was giggling with gratitude. What next? Hummingbirds. That's it. Hummingbirds. So I went out and got a little hummingbird feeder and hung it outside where I could see it from inside the house. I did my 17 seconds and I thought of seeing a hummingbird with joy in my heart and I waited. After having such quick success with feathers and butterflies, I fully expected to see a hummingbird almost immediately. But every time I'd look out the window, there was no hummingbird. What I didn't realize at the time was that every time I observed they're not here yet, I was canceling myself. I tried for two months, and I kept canceling myself. I did it before, so where are my birds? When I realized I wasn't allowing hummingbirds into my reality by observing their absence, I decided to try something a little different. I went out to my hummingbird feeder and cupped my hands around it and did my 17 seconds or more and imagined how it would feel when I saw my first visitor to the feeder. When I walked back into the house, the phone rang, and before that conversation was over, I saw the most precious little hummingbird at my feeder. Again, the feeling of joy and gratitude in that moment is one I'll never forget. I have three more exercises to tell you about, but first I want to quote Abraham. Nothing is as important than that you feel good. When you catch yourself thinking a negative thought, it's the perfect opportunity to pivot that energy and think about something that makes you feel good. The goal is to be feeling good at least 55% of the time. The best way to accomplish that is through what Abraham calls segment intending. This is when you break your day down into small segments and only focus on the task at hand. For example, if you have to go to the grocery store, intend to have a safe and relaxing drive there. Find a great parking space and all the delicious food you'll be bringing home. Be grateful for having a car, for being able to walk through the grocery store and being able to buy your food. Don't allow thoughts like, I only have a limited amount of money for food, because that's not the seed you want to plant. Each segment of your day is an opportunity to change your perception and therefore your reality. One of my favorite exercises is taking 50 $1 bills, folding them in half, and putting them in my top shirt pocket before I go to Walmart. When you fold them in half, it looks like a really big wad of money. I don't allow myself to think it's only $50. I keep looking down at my pocket, bulging with money, and thinking, I have a big wad of money in my pocket. I stroll through Walmart, just browsing through the aisles, looking at anything that catches my eye, and I say to myself, I could buy that if I wanted it. I just don't want it right now. 
When I make that statement, I go to my feeling of joy and gratitude. And as far as the universe is concerned, emotionally, I spent thousands of dollars that day. It doesn't matter that the $50 never came out of my pocket. It only matters that you transmitted the frequency of prosperity and allowed the universe to deliver your abundance because it always gives you more of what you're focused on. Unexpected cash is a great seed to plant. So anytime you see a penny on the ground, pick it up and give 17 seconds of thanks for the unexpected cash. If you look at it and say, oh, it's only a penny, I'm not bending over. Energetically, you've told the universe that you don't want the money. Now, after you decide on what it is that you're wanting, make a list and write it down. Start with the smaller things, like the feathers or whatever you choose, and do your 17 seconds or more. When you see that thing come into your life, move on to the next. Then pay attention to the feeling in your solar plexus or stomach area. If it feels tight or uncomfortable, then what you are thinking or doing at that moment is not in alignment with your manifestational desires. It's the perfect opportunity to pivot that energy back to the frequency of abundance and gratitude. Starseed people carry a lot of power, and if you don't know how to focus it on what you want, you can bring more of what you don't want faster than non-starseed. Even though my focus here is on prosperity, this process works for health, careers, and even relationships. But I have to caution you that you must never interfere with anyone's free will. You can use it to attract a mate, but don't name any names and be very, very, very specific with the qualities that you're seeking in a relationship. The next technique I call the magic checkbook. I happened to have a, an old batch of checks that had been misprinted, so I used them for this exercise, but when those were gone, I scanned one of my normal checks and made several copies. You don't really have to go through all that trouble, but the idea is to make it feel as real as possible. Do the same thing with your check register. The overall idea is to make imaginary deposits and write checks for everything you want to manifest. You can customize this to fit your own experience, but think about the most amount of money you've ever made in a day when you came home feeling victorious. You know how that feels because you've, you've already seen it. That's the amount of money you should write as a deposit in your check register every day. Then start spending it, writing the checks for whatever you want, but don't think limiting thoughts like, I better save some. Just keep depositing and keep spending, feeling joy and gratitude with every check. Take all the checks you've written and put them in a little treasure box of some kind and keep it closed to hold the energy of unlimited abundance. It takes about 30 days to override past negativity and, and programming and replace it with the pure vibration of 17 seconds of gratitude for your abundance. I can't stress enough how powerful your words are. It's essential to police your thoughts and keep your transmitter on the frequency that's aligned with your desires, but it's absolutely imperative that you never utter words of shortage or lack to anyone. Don't give your attention to circumstances that you're trying to end. 
The law of attraction never sleeps, and the universe is always working to bring you what you're focused on. Remember that you are made in the image of the Creator, and even though you might be just a tiny spark of that source, you have the power to create the universe you live in, whether it's by default or by deliberate creation. Even more powerful than the spoken word is the written word. This last technique is called scripting or journaling. It's the diary of your future, however you wish it to unfold. Each day, just for a minute or two, write in your journal about a day you're having in the future. You're actually writing the script that you wish to experience. Always write in the present or past tense because writing or saying things like I will or someday or my, my new job will be wonderful, that keeps it in the future and out of your present. Listen to the energy in these two statements. I'm going to be getting a wonderful new job doing what I love and I'm going to make a lot of money. I just got home from my first day at my new workplace and I really loved the feeling of helping all those people. My coworkers were so supportive and kind and I'm making twice as much money as I did before. I am so grateful to be living my dream. Always write your future script as if it's already happened and describe how that makes you feel. So, just to sum up, Practice your manifestation with objects that you have no emotional investment in attaining. Pick a moment from your past when you held the highest joy, the most gratitude, the most money, or the greatest happiness and go to that frequency. Relive it with all your heart. As soon as you're there, bring the image into your mind of that which you have decided to attract and hold that pure frequency for a minimum of 17 seconds. Then you must allow it to come and know that it must come because the law of attraction is absolute. Employ your segment intending as you go through your day to help you reset your thought patterns, giving focus to the gratitude you feel for all that you've been taking for granted. Get as many $1 bills as you can and keep your pocket or your wallet or your change purse stuffed so that each time you look at it, you tell yourself, I've got a big wad of money. You can also keep it in a drawer so that anytime you want, you can go look at a big pile of money, never allowing the amount to enter your thoughts. Create your magic checkbook and make your deposits every day and continue to write checks. Don't let the money pile up. You need to keep the flow in and out. Police your thoughts and words for canceling and limiting energy at least 55% of the time and start writing the script of your future. You might want to check out the Abraham Hicks website, which is www.abraham-hicks.com and watch the movies The Secret and What the Bleep Do We Know. You have so much power and you were born with so many gifts. It's like being born with a pair of six guns and a couple phasers and photon torpedoes and a sword too, but you're letting the third dimension beat you over the head with a stick. Suffering was not part of the deal here. 
So practice your manifestational skills until you can finally pay the light bill and light up the world. Well, <laughs> you know, I I have heard that so many times and I still hear something new every time I hear that. So, um if uh, I know that we have at least one question from the audience, but if anyone else has a a question about any of these techniques, please just press 1 on your keypad if you're already on the switchboard or dial 917-889-8292 and then once you're in, press 1. Um, and if you're listening to this recording or uh, the show um, after the fact, if it's you know after tonight, if it's not live, then you can go on to our, our website and download this MP3. It's in the vault, and you know put it on your MP3 player and just play it. Brainwash yourself with it every day um, until it's permeating your being, um, and it, it is so. It's like magic, but it's really not. It's just deliberate creation. So, um, well, our dear Vanya has a question, so let me pick up this line for you. Just hang on a sec. It's spinning. It's spinning. Can you hear me, Vanya? Well, the switchboard is still spinning, so let me me just try. Here we go. Okay, now it's open. Hey, Vanya. Hello. So this is, a, um, this is a really powerful topic to discuss, manifesting abundance and prosperity. And I actually came across this question from someone a long time ago, so I thought I'd pose this. Um, can inherited blocks from your bloodline cancel any manifestation work? Meaning if you um, are born in a bloodline that has karmic um, attachments for many generations that um, put limiters on how you can experience your life or how you can um, manifest things into your life. Does that actually really block you, or is there something that you can do to remove that, or does it not block you? Well, the 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 first um, hit that I had on that was that is true. If there is some kind of you know, karma in the bloodline that that gets passed down, then as starseeds, we're here to transmute that. Mm-hmm. And you, regardless of of um, the past and ancestors and all that, you live in the present moment, a starseed mm-hmm. with big, big energy. Um, you transmute that. And this, if you keep your focus on what you want with gratitude for having it. As I said, the the law of attraction is absolute. And I think that um the the any kind of, you know, lineage bloodline kind of things, you can just transmute that in a heartbeat. Just by commanding it to be so. Excellent. Yeah, yeah. I mean as as starseed souls, we are here to uplift and to break through things like that. And we have the rites of passage to do that. It's a matter of taking the consciousness and the awareness that you have um, mm-hmm. on a you know almost hourly basis and see. I mean, yes, you may have um, programming even you know from your from your childhood or whatever that is disempowering. Mm-hmm. 
And when you catch yourself thinking something like, oh, who do I think I am? What, what makes me think that I can do that? Right there, you just stand up and say, I transmute that, and I'm shifting, I'm shifting the frequency. It's a matter of will. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, starseeds have that ability. Everybody does really, but I think with starseeds with a higher level of evolution, higher um, soul frequency, if you will, um, this it's going to be faster. So if you if you think in in positive terms, the benefits will come faster, and if you think in negative terms, the detriments will come faster. Because, I mean, with starseeds, everything is kind of magnified, amplified, because there is a higher level of consciousness. You know, um, I say that, yes, you can transmute that, and it has no power to cancel your intent. And when those thoughts, you know, if thoughts come into your mind, or even if, you know, and another um, thing that, um, that I actually didn't say in the recording is that when you are working on a seed, when you have an idea and you're planting the seed, don't tell anybody. Don't tell anybody, oh, guess what I'm doing? Because they're going to look at you and say, who do you think you are? You know, or something, something that is you know, disempowering. So it's really important to keep that energy um, sheltered and protected um, and, and secret. And then when then you've got a beautiful garden and all your seeds have grown and people will come over and say, oh, my gosh, how did you do that? And then you say, oh, it was simple. I didn't tell you about it. Because, <laughs> you know, it's, as soon as someone else comes, it's like, oh, are you serious? Do you think you can do that? It's, it's going to kind of, you know, put a hole in the, in the balloon. And so it's really important to keep your manifestation work very private until it mm-hmm. has until it's taken root and it's, you know, gone to the point where, um, you know, it's developed enough so that it can't be stopped or quashed. Excellent point. Yeah, Yeah, it's, um, I I have this this new phrase that I heard on TV um, uh, a couple months ago, I guess, and it stuck with me because I'd never heard the phrase first world problems. And think about, you know, how many things in your life that you get frustrated or, um, you know, angry about, and it's really only a problem that, you know, like people in, an, in, a, in a prosperous society would have, you know, like you hear people complaining, it's like, oh my gosh, I have to walk all the way down in the basement to do the laundry, and then I have to carry it all the way upstairs. I mean, you hear people complaining about, you know, Oh, you know, the things that they have. And it's like, wait a minute. You've obviously never had to go to a laundromat. You know, you should be grateful that you don't have to do that. So you see, it's a matter of saying, you know, is this a first world problem? And that's my new filter. You know, um, it's like, oh, man, this, this whatever in my kitchen is, I'm tired of dealing with this. It's like, wait a minute, you've got a kitchen. <laughs> you know, you've got a roof over your head. So you really have to get almost ridiculous with looking at things in your life that you should be grateful for, things that we all take for granted. You know, um, 
having, it's like, oh, my air conditioning isn't working well. It's like, well, there's people in this world that don't have a house or air conditioning. So you see, that's going back to that moment when I was on my horse and, and I just kind of, I locked frequencies with the, the girl in the car and I saw mm-hmm. myself through her eyes and boom, it's like, oh my gosh, reality is simply a perception and it's really yeah. easy to change it in a heartbeat. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I mean, even every, almost every day that I get in the car and I go somewhere, I think about the pioneers, you know, in the, in the, in the uh, covered wagons going across the country, um, you know, the settlers and, and it, with the, the heat and the bugs and the, you know, no showers and no grocery stores and, you know, if you can't find game, you don't eat. And then I get in my car and I'm just like, oh, it's a little warm in here. I turn on the AC and, and it's like, oh, and the electric windows. And, I, and I, I just giggle to myself all the time thinking that I just got off the Pioneer um, covered wagon and now look at me, you know, driving on a smooth road. You really, I mean, it's, it's kind of, it's, it almost sounds like a little, you know, not ridiculous, but um, absurd that you'd have to get that minute with it. But it really does help to shift that, that consciousness. You know, it's like everything, yeah. everybody's got stuff that they complain about. When you really think about it, you're lucky. <laughs> you're lucky, you know. Absolutely. Um, so, Absolutely. and those techniques, yeah. the te- and the techniques work, I mean, most everybody is is like, oh, they want to have more abundance and prosperity, prosperity financially, but those techniques work for whatever you want, whether it's you know a, a particular job, a line of employment, you want to change your career, you want to get out of the corporate world, um, you're looking for uh, a meaningful relationship. The techniques work for everything. You just fill in the blank, and it's it's very very powerful. It is. I agree. Yeah. So yeah. Out an option or a thought on a daily basis is a good thing. Literally putting yourself in uh, in a role play of it in your mind, seeing it there happening. It's like a it's like a, your own personal sort of like fantasy, and you're exactly. enjoying seeing it happening, and you're feeling it happening. That helps. Yeah. It's it's like you giving um, an Oscar winning performance because. Like I said, the universe doesn't know if you're pretending, acting, reminiscing, or um, actually having. All it knows yeah. is the frequency. So if you go to the frequency of, I'm so joyful, I've got what I wanted. Yes, my prayers have been, you know, well, not prayer, because prayer takes, again, it takes the power yeah. outside of you. But um, right. that is, I mean, every day. I mean, and we can all get ridiculous with it and and think, you know, Oh, look, you know, I've got shoes that don't have holes in them. You know, I've got a refrigerator. You know, I've got a TV. You know how many people in the world don't have those things? Uh, so, you know, shift that and, and look at yourself through the eyes of, you know, the, the, the starving people you see ads for on TV. Look at yourself through their eyes and realize how lucky and blessed we are. And if you mm-hmm. live with that, that reality, that consciousness of I am so blessed, I am so lucky, you know, uh, I've just always been blessed and lucky, uh, 
that's going to attract more. So uh, I kind of boil it down to say, count your blessings every day and know that more are on the way. <laughs> I tell myself that well, like every day. And it does. Well it, it is. It's guaranteed. So um, I want everyone that is uh, listening to this uh, show either tonight or in the in the future from the archives to give it a try, and you will be amazed. And you just it will change your life for the better, and and plus you know making you really get it that you do have power. You do have exactly. power, and and you don't have to be. You know, oh, I'm not worthy, or I don't deserve this. Sure, you do. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. um, we are all worthy, and allow yourself to be grateful. So, exactly. Uh, I, I'm looking to see if we have any other any other callers with questions, and uh, I don't I don't see any uh, flags see on the board here. Although we do have a lot of people on the switchboard. Uh, and if you do want to make a comment or ask a question, all you need to do is press 1. Um, we actually have a lot of people on the switchboard tonight, but uh, perhaps um, the point has been so well made that there aren't any questions. So, I think, um, I think that's... You don't, you don't see anybody else on there, do you, Anya, with a question? No. Nope. Nope. I don't either. Up and down. Okay. Yeah. Well, boys and girls, I think we're going to wrap it up then. And um, as I said, Lavendar will be back two weeks from tonight with a fabulous show. I am so looking forward to having Tom T. Moore back on the show because his new book is just, it's monumental. That's the best thing I can say about it. Um, For people that are really uh, tied to Atlantis and or Lemuria, there's so much truth in this book. So that will be two weeks from tonight. And um, until then, we will be back next week. But everybody, just remember to count your blessings every day. And until the next time, thank you so much to Fiona and Vanya for hosting the switchboard this evening. And thanks to our listeners. And so from all of us here at Starseed Radio Academy, Have a great week, and we will talk to you next week. Good night, everybody. Good night. You've been listening to Starseed Radio Academy. Visit our website at www.starseedhotline.com. 